Ian Thorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Dante Kamenici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen it. So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt spreading ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record, 9.68. The wind is okay. Good afternoon, evening and good night once again from Off The Podium on Olympics Podcast as we come to you for our daily update of the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. Episode 7, we are here today to recap the fifth day of competition in what is uh, proving to be quite an interesting Olympics, the Green Olympics, at least in the swimming pools. Um, we'll possibly get to that at some point throughout this episode, but uh, lots to discuss, lots to talk about, so much so that we've kicked the Canadian off and we're making this an Australian-only episode. Yes, Colin, sadly, is unavailable today to record. He's basking in the glory of another medal for Canada. We'll at least touch on that at some point, but we have found somebody else to discuss this with, an Australian, an Australian from Emu Plains. He's recovered from his two-day hiatus, watching the dressage and analysing everything to do with the question. It is, of course, Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back to off the podium thank you it's good to be back um yeah far out from from the from the joys of being in first place to um dropping back into third i think um the equestrian inventors heard us that we didn't have a silver and they were trying to aim for that probably purposely knocked off a couple of the jumps and then uh, just too many and i mean that was a real upset so it took me a couple of days to get over that do, do you blame berto jared i blame berto i mean we, we we had gold until those final two jumps yeah, I blame Berto. I think um, Santos the second um, probably wanted a couple of oats the night before, and I don't think he was fed properly. <laughs> that's of, what I'm going to go with. <laughs> bit of the dodgy oats that he, if he had some, or just he didn't have them. So yeah, he didn't have them. Should have right. given him a bit more. Right. Well, there you go. It's Berto's fault. We if we end up losing to New Zealand on this medal tally by a medal, a gold medal particularly, um, then that's Berto's fault. We can ship him off to Auckland. And um, he can live in New Zealand. Uh, but, well, it's back to a golden day for Australia, at least, here on day five. Uh, we didn't win one yesterday. Felt a bit strange, but, um, you know, we should have. Thanks, Berto. But, um, yeah, no, a good day for Australia again on day five. One gold medal, Kyle Chalmers in the 100-metre freestyle. First time we've won that event, uh, I believe, since the Mexico Olympics. Uh, so a long time coming. A lot of silver in that event. Of course, James Magnuson and uh, Eamon Sullivan, the kings of silver. Um, that's why we're not winning any uh, in Rio, uh, Jared, because James Magnuson's only in one event and uh, Eamon Sullivan's not competing. So that's why we're not winning the silver. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, we need to get Eamon Sullivan back. <laughs> Um, I thought we were going to send the call off. Luckily, we've won a couple of silver today to kind of get rid of that jinx. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, a great result there for Kyle Chalmers. Uh, and, well, we did pick up two silver. Uh, we got a 200-metre butterfly for Madeline Groves. Great effort. And uh, I loved seeing her after the race because she was, you know, we were kind of going into that event thinking that we might win gold because she was the fastest qualifier. So it's kind of like, oh, great, gold here. 
she gets Sylvia slightly disappointed, but as soon as you're seeing her being interviewed and she's over the moon that she's finished second and won a silver medal, that always makes it better for me because it's like, well, I would be that way. If I win any colour Olympic medal, I would be happy. Even if it's a Canadian bronze, I would be happy. So I don't know if you saw her after the race there at all, Jared, but uh, it's good to see somebody when they're excited to just get any medal. Yeah, I think that's the right attitude. That's the attitude you need. You mean you're at the Olympics, you're against the best in the world. Maybe it's a little bit disappointing that you didn't win gold, but just imagine all the people who would just love to be there competing. So um, it was really great to see that. You could be Berto and Costas a gold, but, um, you know, she took that. And then another silver in the pool um, in the 4 by 200 metres uh, women's relay, Leah Neal, Emma McKeon, Bronte Barrett. Tamsin Cook and uh, well, Jessica Ashwood, who sang, swam in the heats. Um, good to see that they picked up a medal. Uh, we missed out in the men's yesterday, but uh, it was good at least that we got that one there. So um, after starting the day with no silvers, uh, we've gotten two now. I was thinking of you when we were winning these silvers, Jared. I mean, you sort of touched on it a second ago before, but I mean, without these silver medals, we would be behind hungry in the medal tally right now, and you don't want to be behind those people who don't know how to laugh. Yeah, that's the worst spot to be. <laughs> Yes. So, I mean, I mean like, I, I could imagine that you're satisfied with day five because, again, we pick up the silvers, we're ahead of Hungary, we're ahead of Canada now when it comes to silver medals. We're equal with New Zealand, but that's okay because we have got those things called gold medals New Zealand. That's what happens when you finish first. Um, so, satisfied with day five? Oh, very satisfied. I think, um, I mean, losing that equestrian team gold, um, it hurts. felt like the gold was missing. I thought, um, I think we didn't have a great day in the pool yesterday either. Um, so everything was kind of going a little bit pear-shaped. So um, it's nice that um, the status quo is um, returned and, and we're back winning gold. We've, we've got rid of the monkey off our back with no silvers. Um, so now we can just focus on gold, gold, gold the rest of the way. You say monkey in the back, uh, as Colin referred to him yesterday, uh, Michael Phelps perhaps is a bit gorilla-ish. Um, and just quickly, actually, I want to I want to kind of make a bit of an apology for yesterday's episode because when Colin and I were recording, we were sort of watching the footage still because the swimming was still going on and they were showing Michael Phelps' celebration and like we had no sound on, so we had no idea who he was kissing. And he was kissing a baby and they had like super slow-mo of him kissing this baby. Turned out that's Michael Phelps' son. So um, apologies for <laughs> saying anything about Michael Phelps kissing a random baby. It was his son, all right? It was fine. I don't know if you were quite aware that Michael Phelps' son is that kissable, um, Jared, but he apparently is. Yeah, I just thought uh, you win 21 gold medals and you can go around kissing um, children. Um, Evidently, that's how it works. Um, But the fact that he was his son made it a little bit more acceptable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I should mention, even though we have no Canadian contingent on this show today, we'll still keep up the tradition of talking about them. Um, They won a bronze today. (laughs) Women's 4x200. Australia beat them, but uh, for Katarin Savard, Penny Olksiak, again, we'll get to her. I can never say her name properly, but whatever. Emily Overholt, Brittany McLean, Taylor Up, Kennedy Goss, obviously a few of them swim in the heats, but um, more importantly, Penny Olksiak, I'll get it right one day, uh, with her second, that's her second bronze, and she's already won a silver. She's won three medals at these Olympics. What's going on? A Canadian winning multiple medals at the Summer Games. Uh, the most important thing for her, because as we've talked about, the Canadians win money for their medals. She's picked up forty grand just by um, swimming for what uh, probably a grand total of about ten minutes. Um, so. Yeah, maybe we need to move to Canada and get a gig on their summer team because not only would we win bronzes, we would win money. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's not a bad day's work. Um, I'd hate to jump the gun, but um, 
The odds on Penny being the closing um, ceremony flag bearer must be very high at this point in time. Oh, extremely high. I mean, God, it's between her and their field hockey team uh, when they're not getting beaten like 7-0 by the Dutch. Um, I mean, that's that's a win for Canada. I, I, look, I, I, I would put some money on that too, I think, Jared. We, we need Colin to confirm that, perhaps, what they're talking about in Canada right now because, um, yeah, I mean, God, I mean, they haven't won a gold yet. Doesn't look like they're going to. Trampoline's still a couple of days away. Rowing's not doing too well for them. So, yep, Penny, get your get your grip ready to go to hold that flag. Uh, that's actually it's good. I mean, right now, let's let's pretend, Jared, that we don't win any more medals for the rest of these Olympics. Who's carrying our flag right now after day five? Oh, it's got to be. Um... Oh, um... <laughs> I can't think. Mental blank. What's his name? Mac. Kyle Chalmers. Oh, Kyle Chalmers. Oh, no, not Mac. I mean, you can't put Mac at the front. Um, That's security reasons. That's a bad spot to put him. He should probably blend in at this point in time. He might get Um, So we'll have to put Kyle up there instead. Yeah. (laughs) The great thing about this, though, is that we'll get to it when we talk about the commentary for this, but all the pre-race talk for this 100 metres was on Cam McAvoy. It wasn't about Kyle Chalmers. It was about Mr. McAvoy. You know, he was the, what, reigning world champion, all this sort of stuff. Uh, Second, sorry, uh, in the world championships. He only finished seventh. Um, but props to Cam McAvoy, though. He got out of the pool, and he was very humble in defeat and talked up Kyle and all this sort of stuff. But, yeah, everyone's talking up Kyle. He's 18 years old. He's from Adelaide, I believe. Uh, his dad used to play for the Crows and for Port Adelaide. Um, so all of Adelaide are celebrating the fact that they can do well in something. Um, and, I mean, I, I didn't know two shits about Kyle Chalmers until basically this morning, Jared. I, I don't know if you were on the same page. Oh, exactly. I was at work and I was checking the live blog of what was going on. And when they said we'd won gold in the event, I just assumed, I was like, oh, Cam must have won. And then to read it and to see, I'm like, who, who even is this Kyle person? <laughs> and when did they become part of the Olympic team? Is this like some late ring-in? Um, and then watching the race for him to sort of um, come from behind, I think he turned in seventh place or something, and you thought, oh, he's kind of out of it. Um, was just really impressive to watch. It makes you wonder whether, um, I mean, it was an interesting decision to pull Cam McAvoy out of the the men's 4x200 relay, mm-hmm. and him not placing in this, it's kind of like, was that decision justified? <laughs> I think it might have been. Um, but it was interesting, actually, you say that. I'll, I'll jump ahead, and because this is obviously a good time to mention this, but in the commentary... Um, you've got, of course, Basil Zemplis calling his race, and, you know, uh, yeah, both Aussies aren't really in it at the 100-metre turn. Um, and I think the Canadian guy that we were talking about yesterday, I've gone blank on his name right now, but he was leading um, at that point. But, um, yeah, the the commentator, Basil, is going like, here comes McAvoy, McAvoy's pumping, here comes McAvoy, oh, but it's Chalmers, Chalmers wins gold! Like, he had no he wasn't even looking at the other Aussie who's actually in front winning us a gold medal. So even the Channel 7 commentators have no fucking idea who they are. John Rooney's gone, yes, uh, Kyle Chalmers wins gold. I'm like, this is, this is the whole thing. And then I think they showed footage of whatever school he's from in Adelaide, all these people celebrating. At least one place knew who he was. So, um... Yeah, new Australian hero that 24 hours ago, no one knew who he was. Oh, good on him. I love how they're able to um, dig up all this footage after somebody win gold. Um, yes. They've done, a, they've done a couple of segments on, I think it was our shooter who won gold. Yes. And they made it look like they were filmed before she went into the event, but I'm fairly sure they were filmed after she'd already won. <laughs> Quickly, make this look like you're boarding the plane to Rio. <laughs> um, like, make this like the day that you found out you're going to the Olympics. Um, 
<laughs> yes, Santo Condrelli is the uh, the guy, of course, who we were talking about yesterday. The uh, Italian-born um, American who represents Canada. So he was leading at the 50-metre mark, but uh, he ended up finishing fourth. So unlucky for Canada not to be double bronze medalist today. Um, now, outside of the medals, uh, our other Aussie results, it was a fairly decentish day for us uh, elsewhere. Um, archery, our bronze medalist archery solo players, um, sadly, Ryan uh, Tyak went out in the opening round, and I know that uh, one of our other competitors is through to the next round, which I believe is happening tomorrow. Um, uh, t- yeah, so he so he'll compete in the next round tomorrow. So at least we've got one sort of in with a shot there. Pardon the pun. Uh, basketball, big result. We lost the Boomers. But we were within 10 points of the Dream Team. We led at half-time, and we really took it up to them. I don't know if you caught any of the basketball, Jared, but that's, that's decent. We'll take a 10-point loss to the U.S. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. I didn't get to watch it, but, um, I mean, reading a live blog is not the same as watching something, but, I mean, with this, it felt like it was because just the scores popping up and seeing we were ahead, and then they'd catch up, and then we'd pull ahead again. Um, you didn't even need the footage. You could see just the scores. That was good enough. Um, it was unbelievable. Everybody at work was asking me how they were going. We were getting score updates. I mean, this is what we wanted. I kind of feel like if we'd won in some ways, that would have been a bad thing just because of the expectations it would have placed on the team. But to go this close against the U.S., um, you couldn't really ask for any more. It's amazing with Australia how much we talk up certain people and teams and for the most part they'll choke and then, you know, we'll try and analyse it and try not to beat them down that much. But it's like, with the basketball, like, we, it was all sort of talked up, like, we could possibly beat the US, like, this is good. We lose, but it's, yeah, everyone's talking it up like it is a win. So, um, I mean, that's great, particularly from the way Australia's reacting to it. So, you never know, we might play them again for a medal. Haha, <laughs> just putting the ringer on them. Um, beach volleyball, uh, we had two teams in the tournament today. Louise Borden and Taliqua Clancy are through to the round of 16. They knocked off the six-seeded Dutch team in Pool E to top it and will go through to the next round. Good for them. Sadly, though, and I know this one personally hurts you, Jared, uh, Maria Fidel Sola and Nicole Laird lost to China and are out. Sorry. Dang it. I mean, this is just the Olympics. You have a team that wins three times, you have a team that loses three times. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not inviting that losing team back to uh, Tokyo. Um, <laughs> yes. They could improve, but uh, I wouldn't give them the invite back. Losing three uh, matches out of three, I think that's um, your Olympics up over and done with. Time to retire or pick a different sport. Yeah, not good enough. Like, I mean, look, Berto can at least finish fifth. Um, we, don't, we don't talk about Berto. Mm. Like, God, still letting Australia down. Damn you, Berto. Uh, cycling, the uh, individual road time trials were on for both men and women. Rohan Dennis, now he finished fifth, which is good, but uh, he was leading it at the halfway point. Had to change bikes halfway through it and uh, would have been on for another silver had he not had to change it. Now, this is interesting. <laughs> like, you can change your bike halfway through it. Would there not be, like, a bit of play here, like oh, yeah, I just need to change bikes, and you just put, like, a rocket boost or something on it. Like, I mean, what sport is it, like, in rowing? I can't see them halfway down the course. Oh, shit, the boat sucks. Quick, bring another one and get a speedboat. Like, sure, it was probably broken, but shouldn't that be it? Like, if I break my leg running the 400 metres, no one's going to come out and bring me a new leg. Yeah, well, and we know the French gymnast found that out in the um, <laughs> the vault that you could you can't get a replacement leg for for the next round. 
Um, it would be nice to see in the rowing if a boat got replaced halfway through. I think um, you could be onto something. Potentially, I suppose, the speedboat, that's maybe a little bit unfair. But um, just seeing the teams have to change boats, maybe they had to switch with another team. Yes. Oh, actually, you jump yeah. out, you hop into another team's um, rowing boat, and you just go from where they're up to. I mean, that could make things more interesting. That is a good point, actually. I mean, this was this was interesting because normally in... So, in um, cycling it's it's a flat tire or the chains come off or something but he snapped off a handlebar right i didn't actually know which that to me much. i was How like did he snap off a handlebar in the middle of a, a time trial of all things you tell me um, this bike was flimsy um i'm gonna say there was some tampering here i mean in the cycling every, we've had bad luck in all of them so there's something going wrong um I don't know who to blame. Pick a country, any country, but somebody is sabotaging our cycling team, and I don't like it. Those those damn unfunny Hungarians. They're they're um, they're coming up to it. Uh, you talk about the speedboat. Hey, that wasn't unfair. I can imagine the Russians would use a speedboat. Oh, that is legal. We didn't do anything wrong. I will appeal decision. Um, <laughs> like it's a bit obvious. It's it's fascinating with the cycling. We've obviously had the road race and we've had the the time trial. Now I think track cycling, I do believe, begins tomorrow, which is where we generally are pretty good at. Uh, so that will be interesting. But, um, yeah, damn it, another silver goes begging. And the female uh, one, Katrin Garfoot, was ninth. So uh, good for her. And I believe the American lady who won that's about a third or fourth time in a row that she's won that event. So um, still hasn't had it taken away yet. Hasn't it, um, put a positive sample in yet, Jared. So pff, maybe she skipped a few tests. I don't know. Yeah, three in a row. I mean, that's hogging it a bit. You could share that around. <laughs> Hello to all our cyclists listening today. Uh, and our Russians. Who are we fending today? Uh, Equestrian, um, well, it's still going. Jared's excited. And the team dressage is on. don't know how you feel about the team dressage compared to the um, the overall ones that we've had. But we're ninth at the halfway point of the team dressage. But uh, interesting to point out, our oldest uh, Olympian at these games, Mary Hanna, at the ripe old age of 61, um, she competed today. Did you did you catch any of that, Jared? I mean, did you catch the team dressage? I can't say I did. I'm still. I just it brings back bad memories watching this. I mean, the only reason I'd probably watch the uh, equestrian anymore is just for Vicky's commentary, um, <laughs> because she's an absolute legend. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, um, yeah, I, it's it's over for me with the equestrian. I couldn't find out who that horse was. Um, I thought we had a sure thing. Uh, in gold, and then we wound up with bronze, and the only redeeming thing was that we beat New Zealand in that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm over it. Um, You're over I it. do feel sorry. We have a, um, we have a, apparently we have a 60-year-old on our team, and I feel like she's probably a little bit peeved that mm-hmm. she's like, I'm 60, I should be getting some recognition here. Yep. But no, there has to be somebody who's one year older, and she's getting all the fame. Yep, exactly. That's, you know, the bitch. Um, it's It's... Yeah, I was when I was watching it the cross country uh, the the show jumping one. I was trying to find bat horse. There's actually a few horses there with kind of like black ears, and I was like, "Oh, is that bat horse?" But it didn't look bat horsey enough. So um, I mean, mm. we know the good news actually. Just really quickly talking about cycling, the good news is is that Richie Port has been found. Channel Nine found him, um, but we haven't found bat horse. So maybe we need to contact Channel Nine. Like, dear Channel Nine, you found Richie. Find bat horse. Yeah, I know Bat Horse is posing as an Italian horse, but which one I could not say. 
Right, the Italians. Okay, you've always got to look out for those Italian equestrian players or riders or whatever. Um, hockey, good news finally for both our teams. We actually discovered how to win again. Uh, the Hockey Roos won their first game of the Olympics 6-1 over India. Uh, and Jody Kenny scored a 100th goal for Australia. Congratulations, Jody. Uh, and the Kookaburras, after choking big time against Spain and the Belgians, of all people, they beat Great Britain 2-1. Had we lost to Great Britain, shit would have gone down. Um, yeah, good result in hockey. We, we've been talking about Australian teams choking. There's no bigger chokers at the Olympics than the Kookaburras. I mean, we're like the best thing in the world ever in hockey. But when it comes to the Olympics, it's our kryptonite. We just choke. Yeah, I mean, we're made to look like amateurs. Um, the only redeeming factor is, um, I suppose, similar to Berto in the um, equestrian and, and all these nicknames ending in O, the Australian female hockey team, um, all the names seem to rhyme. So you have the commentators they're talking about them taking the ball down the field and we've got Slattery, then to Flannery, then to Kenny, then to Georgie, then to Casey, <laughs> and it just goes on and on. I'm like, how can, this is like a prerequisite for the Australian women's hockey team that your name has to rhyme with somebody else in the team so it can just flow off the commentators' tongues as they go through the, the players passing the ball. Yes. Oh, it's like, you know, you've got the greatest hockey player in the world and name's like Smith. Not, not, sorry, no, 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 can't make the team. Sorry, just not good enough. Um, and then she ends up going to play for, like, Canada, and she's so good that she makes the whole team win, and it's just like, good job, hockey ruse. Um... The rowing, sadly, was cancelled again. Um, they're not not getting too well with the rowing out there. I think that um, they might need to move it, perhaps. Like, we'll have it. We'll have it, um, I don't know, back in back in where they had it in Sydney, or we've got Lake Barrington in Tasmania. Yeah, Penrith Lakes. Yeah, have you got, got a... the um, same backdrop, but good enough. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's not, that's not that far from you, is it? So, you know. No, no, that'd be good. You, Front row seats. You can pick them up from the airport. <laughs> Just, like, driving to and fro. You can fit some of the boats in your boot, I'm sure. <laughs> yep. Why not? Um, rugby sevens, the men's, uh, it's all over for us. Sadly, we can't repeat the uh, the glory of the girls. Uh, we did knock off South Africa in the final round, 12-5, to make the quarterfinals before promptly losing to the South Africans, 22-5. to But I've got some great news for those playing at home when it comes to the rugby. Um, the fact that New Zealand have been eliminated <laughs> from the sport that they're actually good at. Um, they were beaten by Fiji, and Fiji are into the semi-finals. Now, probably doesn't seem like a big deal while we're talking about Fiji, but Fiji have never won an Olympic medal, ever, in the history of the Olympics. And they're banking on this. They're the favourites to win. This is why, you know, Jared Hayne tried to bribe his way into the team to win a medal. Um, he should have played for the Australian girls. He would have won. Um, but... <laughs> they're, they're that close. They're in the semifinals, and they've got to play in Japan. So if they beat Japan tomorrow, they're guaranteed a medal, no matter what. Gold or silver, Fiji. Like, I can't imagine the celebrations in Suva and Fiji. Like, seriously, like, a country to have never won a medal that small, that tight. I don't even know if they've won a Commonwealth Games medal, Jared. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is a big deal. I, I think we all need to fly to Fiji tonight uh, to celebrate this if they win it. Oh, yeah, that'll be the place to be. Um... Yeah, if you could winning your first medal, I, I, well, I don't know what that feels like. Australia doesn't know what that feels like. Um, <laughs> Canada, Canada definitely doesn't um, know what it feels like. Mm. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously Kosovo won their first ever medal at these games. It happened to be gold, but I mean, look, they haven't really been a country for that long. So, like, it's you know, Fiji, I'm sure, have been a country for a very long time. So. <laughs> How long, perhaps? Maybe we can Google that very shortly. But, um, you know, I mean, they're one of our uh, nearby neighbours, and obviously we root for them, you know, probably more so than New Zealand because we like them a little bit better. 
Uh, they, well, actually, here we go. They've been a country since the 10th of October 1970. So they're actually really not that old either. <laughs> Independence from the United Kingdom. I thought they were probably a little bit older than that. Um, and I will correct myself in saying that they have won plenty of medals at the Commonwealth Games, 15 to be precise, which is still less than the amount of gold medals that Michael Phelps has won at the Olympics. But anyway, um, so go Fiji in the rugby. Go on, win gold or silver or bronze, anything. Sailing. There were lots of stuff happening in the sailing. Uh, like, nobody, I think, pays attention to the sailing, not just in Australia, but anybody in the Olympics till the second week because they try and explain it. They're all like... Oh, and Australia did well today in the sailing. They got an eighth, a seventh, a sixth, a fifth, a fourth, a third, a second, a fifth. You know, like, there's like a hundred races a day. They try to explain it. And then we only give a shit by, like, day 13 when they're like, oh, and we're probably going to win a gold medal today. Like, do you care about the sailing at all? Uh, I tried to watch it for a bit, and pretty much exactly the same thing happened to me. I'm like, what am I watching? What is happening? They had a zoomed-out picture, and they just had all the boats and little tags saying what country they were, and they're all <laughs> heading in different directions. And like, what type of race? Do you, do you go different ways? And like, where's the track? What's happening here? Um, so that was a short stint of watching sailing. I said, I'll flick away and um, just do the normal thing, and if we win a medal in it, uh, I'll celebrate it, but I won't be watching it again. Well, without them in London, we would have like won one gold medal, so I shouldn't really complain. But, um, I mean, people talk about synchronised swimming as being a poor spectator sport. We have barely touched on synchronised swimming in this entire podcast. We will get to synchronised swimming. But I could imagine that sailing is a worse spectator sport because, like, again, as you were saying, like, you've got boats going every single way. It relies on TV for them to put graphics on the water to show you where the finish line is. Like, we obviously have the big Sydney to Hobart ending here in Hobart every year. I've got along to watch it to the end of it. You don't know what the fuck's going on because it's so far out the line where it's finishing. You're just staring. You see this boat. There's about 100 helicopters flying around it, all these other boats. You're going, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? And all of a sudden, somebody on the shore will go, woo! And you're like, oh, yeah, they won! Like, you, just, you don't know what's going on. At least it's synchronised swimming. You see a leg. You see an arm. You see somebody getting thrown up in the air. And you're in a con- you know an enclosed building. You're not 80 metres away from the shore. And they're out 10 kilometres out of the water. So I'm putting it out there, Jared. Sailing, perhaps the worst spectator sport of the Olympics. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think especially depending on your country's flag. I mean, we've got the Union Jack. New Zealand has the Union Jack. Great Britain has the Union Jack. You don't know who you're cheering for out there. You're probably cheering for the wrong people as they come across the line. Yeah. Um, not not a great sport to watch. Lots of people there, but not a great sport to watch. I think people are just there to... Um, I don't think they were watching this sailing. I think they were just having a dad at the beach. I think they're there because it's probably one of the few sports that's free. Um, it's like they can actually afford to go to it. Um, but, like, we were talking about the fencing the other day, like, about how it's all lit up with lights, and Colin was saying, like, what other sports can... I think sailing is your perfect sport. Like, lo- hold it at night, fit your vo- boats with neon LED lights, and there you go. You've got yourself an exciting sport to watch. I'd watch that. Yeah, I think that there's many things they could do. That's one of them. Um, giving each team one cannonball to fire at another team could be another one to liven things up. <laughs> Um, making people walk the plank. I don't know. I think um, there's all these new sports coming into the Olympics for the younger generation to make things more interesting. But I think sailing is one that they need to focus on revamping because, it, as you said, it's it's not the best to watch. Combined sports, sport climbing up the mast as they, uh, they go along, pump out large uh, amounts of parts of the Caribbean music um, as they're sailing along. Um, yeah. Email us, people. Listen to your comment. Tell us how they can make sailing exciting. And a big hello to all our sailors listening today. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, shooting, uh, we had the double trap 
Uh, an event that we've won in the past. I think Russell Mark won that back in Atlanta uh, and Silver in Sydney. James Willett. He finished fifth. Um, he made the final. Good for him, James. Fifth is decent. I'd be happy with fifth at the Olympics still. That's that's good. Um, out of the In the swimming out of our medals, uh, yesterday's future wife for Ben Waterworth, Brianna Throssell, was eighth in the 200-meter butterfly. Uh, so, yes, well done. Um, I will celebrate by... Buying her a rose. Uh, and Cam McAvoy, as we mentioned, seventh in the 100 metres. Uh, Taylor McCowan, she was the fastest qualifier for the 200 metre breaststroke final tomorrow. So that was great. Um, no doubt another silver or bronze coming up there for Taylor. And um, Mitch Larkin uh, is in again, one, one half of the backstroke bonkers. He's into the 200 metre backstroke final. So. Um, Good for you, Mitch. Well done. And uh, finally, the water polo in the green, well, actually, it's half green pool. It's not as green as the diving pool. Uh, we beat Japan 8-6. So we're doing okay, the Sharks. Uh, we'll talk a bit, bit about that yesterday. I, I enjoy watching the water polo. Are you a bit of a water polo nut, Jared? Yeah, I think it's good fun to watch. Um, it has moments where I don't quite understand what's going on. I mean, the level of contact that you can have with other people, I get a little bit confused and there's exclusions, but um, it's worth it for the goals. I mean, the goals are, I suppose, the highlight. Um, and there's always some great ones. I do love when it kind of ricochets off other people and goes in the top corner or they just miss and people are swimming everywhere and it's just a bit crazy and chaotic. Um, and that's what you want in an Olympic sport. It's one of, like, we were talking about this yesterday, like it's just, you know, I mean, I have trouble swimming just from one side of the pool to the other, let alone treading water and having to pick up a ball and catch it and duck, duck and dive. And, like, I don't know. It's just it's just a fascinating sport. And I think, obviously, you've got to be very athletic to play uh, water polo, which is something that I'm not. But, um, yes, anyway, good good for them, the Sharks, being Japan. Uh, now, I this is usually the part where we throw to Colin, say, hey, Colin, what's going on with Canada? I didn't really take too much notice. I got a little bit. Uh, the two main ones, I think, uh, obviously they got a medal, uh, in the, we touched on that one, but here's one that I randomly pulled out of nowhere. Um, Maria Eve Belshimian Nadeau, uh, one of our favorites here on off the podium. Uh, she finished ninth in the women's 69 kilogram weightlifting. Now weightlifting is a sport, which is interesting. <laughs> Did you catch any of the women's 69 kilogram weightlifting, Jared? I have not seen any of the weightlifting yet. Um, it's on my list of things to see. I don't know if there's any left. Um, if there is, I'll try try and um, uh, catch some. Um, yeah, it's not the most interesting sport, but um, good on them for lifting heavy stuff, I suppose. It's, 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 well, sadly, it's a rest day tomorrow, Jared, but then there's plenty oh, more still no. to come. Wait till we get the super heavyweights. They're the men that you want to be with, uh, anybody out there. Like, it doesn't matter what your sexuality is. They are, you know, and the women as well. Like, have a party. Uh, but it's it's such, like, who who invented this sport? Like, oh, I've got to come up with a sport. Um, let's lift heavy shit. Um, like, mm. you know, I'm like, how does that become an Olympic? You're on the bandwagon of why isn't squash an Olympic sport? Like... You know, I mean, I know the whole faster, higher, stronger mantra of the Olympics, and fair enough, this is definitely stronger, but, you know, it, to me, they're just a bunch of cocky bastards. Like, oh, I can lift 400 kilos, can you? Like, you know, it's, it's really such a fascinating sport. And we'll get to the, there was, I want to get to in the athlete of the day, there was another pretty horrific injury. I don't know if you saw that, Jared, but um, came in the weightlifting. <laughs> but... Like, seriously, if you're going to have a death in the Olympics, and we don't want that, like, we obviously don't, but, like, this is a dangerous sport to have. If you're holding that amount of weight, all you need to do is, like, 
bend in a certain way, and your head can literally be caved in live on television. Yeah, every time they get the successful lift or, or struggle with it and drop it to the ground, you're always somebody waiting for somebody to be beheaded. Um, I think in terms of, of tests of strength, I, heard, I was reading the other day that tug-of-war used to be an Olympic sport. Yes. Um, and I think maybe that's where we go in replacing weightlifting in the next couple of years. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, seriously, I actually, that would be a fun sport to watch. Like, you know, hark back to the great old days of the Amazing Race Australia versus New Zealand. How do they start that off? With tug of war or Uluru. I mean, there's nothing more Australian than that. So if we ever get the Olympics, when Hobart gets it, we'll ship off the tug of war Uluru. Um, mm. You know, but like, it's, yeah, it's, it's like when you watch, when you watch like a car race, a lot of people watch car racing because they're waiting for somebody to crash. You know, there's just those people who love that, like... I'm sure there are a bunch of people, as you said, like, drop it, drop it, decapitate yourself, decapitate yourself. <laughs> oh, yes, I, I'm i all for it. But tug of war, definitely. Um, you know, Flim Flom 2028, we're, we're getting it back. Absolutely. Um, See, so yeah, that was the extent of Canada's results that I can tell you. Um, sorry for all our Canadians out there who want to know more. Oh, I'm going to listen to that podcast. They talk about our results. Well, yeah, well, that's the extent you get. Um, other results that are worth of note, I mentioned about Fiji. Um, we were talking to me a little bit about yesterday about my fandom for the Germany, fo- Germany soccer team. Well, they had a lazy 10-0 win against Fiji and are through to the quarterfinals and will meet uh, Portugal there. Uh, big one here, though, in the tennis side of things, Jared. Serena's out. What's going on? Mm-hmm. In the Olympics, it's so weird. Uh, if you look at the medalists from singles over the years, half the time it's not the favourite. Um, but Serena, she such a great track record. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did not see this coming at all. I mean, her and Venus losing in the doubles was a big enough shock, but you thought, okay, she's only in the singles now. She can put on that. Um, she's unbeatable, but I don't know. Lately, people have been getting the better of her. So um, is, I don't know, is her um, dominance of tennis coming to an end? Every time it seems to be she steps it up again, but um, this was just a big shock. I don't have to recover from it. It's, yeah, I mean, I actually didn't even realise she'd lost until I looked up the results, literally, and there I was. And I'm looking at the uh, the seeds and people who are left in both the singles. So if we, if we go to the women's side of things, uh, so she, we should mention she was beaten by the Ukrainian Alina Svit, Svitolina, um, the 15th seed. She will now play Petra Kvitova in the quarter, so that's a decent match. Then we go to the next quarterfinal. Monica, is it Puke? 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 How do you say her name from Puerto Rico? Yep, Puke. Puke. I mean, I've heard of her, but I couldn't tell you anything she's done. Um, and she's up against the great German, Laura Sigmund. I mean, she's a star of the future. <laughs> she could be like 50 for all, I don't know. Madison Keys is still in it for America. She's up against the great Russian, Dara Kasatkina. Obviously the only one that didn't get caught taking whatever Maria Sharapova did. And then uh, the other quarterfinal, we've got Johanna, Johanna Conta from Britain uh, against Angelique Kerber, the German who what won the Australian Open this year. So, um, I mean, there's a couple still going there, but, yeah, you, you weren't expecting, you know, no Serena in here or, like, anybody else. Like, I mean, you're a huge tennis fan, but are you kind of losing interest in this now with the depth of the field we've got left? Uh, a little. I'm lucky that Nadal's still on the men's side of things, so, I mean, that will keep me watching that. But, yeah, in the women's, it's just 
it's hard to predict what's going to happen. Um, I think the rain tour has been raining kind of consecutive days out, uh, so they're running behind schedule there. Um, so who, who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, Serena going out that early, I think it was only the third round, not even quarterfinals. Um, mm. It's just I'm still kind of flabbergasted at it. Yeah, well, in the mm. in the men's side of things, I mean, yeah, so you've got Rafa, um, Gilles Simon, he, that's his opponent in the next round. Um, in, we've got the great Brazilian Tomas Bellucci, uh, up against the Belgian David Goffin, um, we've got Gal Monfils still in there against uh, Marian Cilic, uh, and then in the Slovakian Andre Martin will play uh, John Milman's uh, conqueror Kay Nishikori. Uh, then we have the other great Russian of Evgeny Donsky up against Steve Johnson, the American, and then uh, we've got Fabio Foggini up against my man Andy Murray. So. Uh, at this rate, Murray's going to lose to Fagini or Fagini, whatever the Italian. Um, so, don't put your money on Andy. Uh, the men's doubles. We talked a bit about this yesterday. I mean, Rafa's in the men's doubles too, Jared. You're excited about that. I mean, he's up against mm. the great Canadian doubles man of Daniel Nestor, the one half of the Woody's Conqueror back from Sydney. Um, so you know, and then, I mean, how's this for a star-studded semi-final in the second men's semi-final? The Americans of Steve Johnson and Jack Sock. Jack Sock, what a name, and Florin Meregia and Horia Takao of Romania. Oh, that's a tough one to pick. Yeah, I wonder who's going to end up winning the whole thing. Maybe it's the pair who wins from the harder side of the draw. <laughs> um, yeah, split loyalties there for Colin tomorrow, though, with Rafa playing against some Canadians. Yeah, Jack Sock. Um, wow, great name. Uh, and the women's, uh, yeah, so the quarters in that one, um, there's Spain, Russia, Czech Republic and Italy, so that's about as much as I. We're, we're talking too much about tennis. This isn't. There's more than the tennis. We love the tennis, but anyway. Um, so that's other results that were happening outside of Australia and Canada. Well, at least the ones that we're going to focus on anyway. Uh, the so the actual winners of the medals today, the ones at least that we didn't touch on that weren't Australian or Canadian, uh, which is generally what we mainly talk about but we like to recap kind of on the other medals so uh the canoeing the men's slalom k1 went to great britain joseph clark famous victory there for joseph we have to admit there jared both you and i predicted that before the olympics yeah i mean that was one of the ones that i'd penciled in is it was done and dusted before the event began absolutely he beat out a slovenian and a czech republican uh the cycling as we said the road time trials uh gold went to for the men fabian Ken Salara for for Switzerland, uh, and as we mentioned, the American Kristen Armstrong. Uh, oh, that's a dangerous name to have in cycling. Um, she got a lot. She's won a lot, so she'll lose a lot eventually. Uh, diving. Now, this is interesting, actually, because Colin was talking about the fact that China came into these games saying, we're going to sweep every event. We're going to win every single event in the diving. They haven't because they lost. They got a bronze in the men's synchronised three-metre springboard, but gold went to the Brits. I didn't know Britain could dive. Chris Mears and Jack Laha, Laha, whatever his name is. Um, but we should mention this, the, the green pool. Um, I was just watching the news before we started recording this. It's algae, apparently. That doesn't make it sound safe. Like That kind of sounds disgusting. What the hell's going on there? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit confusing, I think. Um well, I mean, the positive, we've got to look at the positive. The positive to this is the triathlon can now be run in that diving pool because it's pretty much just a river. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, that's that's saving money. That's using that venue again. I think this is all positive. Yes. It's so fascinating to just kind of see the fact that, like, 
I mean, if I'm a diver, I'm not going to go in that water. <laughs> like, it just looks gross. Um, you know, I mean, do, do Brazilians not have pool cleaners? Like, is it just a thing that they don't know what they are? I mean, surely there's something they can do with that. Like, turn, like, drain the water and put more in there? <laughs> like, You'd think so. The way that they've just kind of shrugged it off is, <laughs> oh, it's not, it's not great, but it's, it's not going to kill you. Um, <laughs> I suppose they wanted to market it as the Green Games, and um, <laughs> yeah. they're doing that well. <laughs> We're so passionate about our country's flag. We'll make the water green. Like, seriously, the fact that, like, Great Britain won a gold, like, if the rest of the diving tournament, if all of a sudden, like, Uzbekistan win a gold medal and, like, Qatar... Like, we know something's up with the water if the Chinese aren't winning gold medals. <laughs> like, you know. So. Yeah, I think the the order that they put in for pool cleaner um, got misplaced with the order that they put in for those little statuettes, and that's why we have so many statuettes and no pool cleaner left. Come on, Thomas Bach, what's going on? Like, this is your job. You're the president. Like, you know, this is this is up to you. This should be on your desk first thing in the morning. Mr. President, there's a problem with the pool. We need it fixed. Oh, I will fix it in the morning. Ah, ah, ah. Um, gee, he's not off to a good start with these ones. Um, yeah, so in the fencing, we're all on to the fencing. Uh, men's Sabre, it was won by the uh, unfunny Hungarian of Aron Szalgyi. Uh He did not laugh at all when he won that medal. Um, beat out an American. Didn't know Americans could fence. There you go. Um, and in the women's foil, Ina Delirglazova from Russia won. So uh, there you go. Gymnastics, the men's all-around uh, artistic was on. Gold went to Japan. Kohi Uchimara, congratulations uh, for him. Japan had a very good day, actually. They won three gold medals, if you don't mind, on day five. Um, so they also won two gold in the judo, our favourite sport. No Uchimara's going on there. Uh, Mashu Baker won the men's 90 kilogram and... And in the women's 70 kilogram, Haruka Tachimoto won uh, there as well. So a great result for Japan. Uh, no rowing gold. As I said, rowing was out of the uh, equation today. Shooting outside. Well, I mentioned the double trap. This is a big deal, actually. Uh, Fehad Al-Dihani won gold. One gold for the independent Olympic athletes, Jared. This is the very first time the IOA have ever won a gold medal. Uh, now, he's originally actually from Kuwait, uh, but uh, he's obviously competing underneath the international, uh, sorry, the independent Olympic athletes. Big deal. This is great. Good on Fahid. Oh, I'm happy for him. I mean, it would have been better if um, it had been somebody from Team Or I Want to Take You, but this is probably <laughs> as, 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 as close as it gets to um being the refugee team so um i mean you could pretty much claim that yeah i think so that's exactly you I, I i would and the best news about that is that if you look at the medal tally the independent olympic athletes are ahead of new zealand so um <laughs> it's it's a win-win for the world <laughs> the countries uh, the, the athletes without a country are beating new zealand <laughs> uh, can we just point that out people <laughs> And a big hello to both our New Zealand listeners who have been commenting very well on our Facebook page. We do love you both. Uh, also in the shooting, Jin Jong-o from South Korea won the men's 50-metre pistol. Swimming, as we mentioned, Kyle Chalmers won the 100-metre freestyle. Uh, this is a big result. The 200-metre breaststroke was won by a Kazakhstanian, Jared Dmitry Balandin. I didn't know people from Kazakhstan could swim. This is great. I mean, that's impressive. Um, 
That'd be like us, the equivalent of us winning a medal in um, the Winter Olympic Games. Exactly. Um, <laughs> this is big. They're celebrating big, long and hard in Kazakhstan. 200-meter uh, butterfly, as I said, Madeline Groves won the silver, but it was actually won by a Spaniard in Maria Belmonte. Congratulations. And uh, the swimming, where we also got a silver in the 200, 4x2. Uh, who do you think won it? USA, of course they did. Um, Katie Ledecky, another goal. That's a third of the games, if I am not mistaken. And uh, Missy Franklin, who we talked about yesterday as being a bit of a dud these games. Well, she's gotten her goal because she was part of that team. Uh, women's table, tennis, uh, China, Ding Ning from that. Um, good result for her. And in the weightlifting, as I said, uh, well, actually, I didn't say, uh, but actually, Kazakhstan won two gold today. We should mention this. They won another gold in the men's 77 kilogram. Uh, Nijat Rahamov in a world record lift, if you don't mind. There you go. Lifting heavy shit, you can break world records. And uh, in the women's 69 kilogram, uh, China took that one as well. Zhang Yang Nei, uh, gold for China. Uh, in that event. So that means that we need to look at a certain uh, tally of medals. And if I can get the right screen in front of me, I will be able to tell you that. Uh, Australia have dropped to fourth. Actually, no, we've jumped to fourth. We were, I think, fifth yesterday. So uh, we have won five gold, two silver, five bronze, 12 in total. USA on top, 11 gold, 11 silver, 10 bronze. China second. Japan in third. Uh, see, if we had a, if bloody Berto had won us that gold medal, Jared, we would be in third right now because we've won more silver than Japan. Um, so they've won six gold, one silver, and 11 bronze. Fifth, Hungary, the unfunny Hungarians. Hello, Hungary. Uh, we do love you. Five gold, one silver, one bronze. Canada are sitting pretty still in 34th place with their zero gold, one silver, five bronze. Doing very, very well. And New Zealand are still in 31st place with their two silver medals. And again, let's point that out. They are behind the independent Olympic athletes. Actually, just before we recorded this episode, Jared, as I said, I was watching the news and uh, our newsreader gives the medal tally. So like, Australia currently in fourth place, blah, 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 blah. And New Zealand are currently sitting in 31st place. I'm like, why do we have to have that on the news? Like, we have more... We can't help ourselves, can we? We have more neighbours than New Zealand if they're trying to be polite. Like, Indonesia's closer to Australia, isn't it, than New Zealand? Like, where's Indonesia? Like, I think if if they need to do this every day, just pull one out of your ass. like newsreaders of Australia. Don't just all of a sudden be like, and New Zealand are in... Be like, and Tonga, yet to win a medal. I'm <laughs> just like, <laughs> surprise us. And Sierra Leone, yep, still without a medal. <laughs> like, I'm down for that. Like, why can't we just do that? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I would like to know where the Solomon Islands are coming, to be quite frank, and um, <laughs> it doesn't make the news coverage, which is a shame. Oh, I want to take you. Still without a medal. <laughs> like, come on, fix it up, news readers. Uh, so, yes, there we go. That um, wraps up the result and the, the medals and everything along those lines. Jared, uh, what did you watch on day five? Obviously, uh, we touched on a few things. Was there anything else that you watched that uh, we haven't mentioned? I mean, it was just a lot of confusion. The sailing I mentioned before was just utter confusion. Um, water polo was confusing. Um, the hockey was great to watch just because of the commentary and all the names rhyming. Um, yeah, nothing that we haven't mentioned. The, the beach volleyball was definitely a highlight, winning the third of our um, group games. I mean, that was top-notch. Well, I, I want to touch a little bit on the beach volleyball when we get to our Channel 7 segment because I actually want to implement something a little bit interesting in that segment today. But um, I watched a bit of that, and I, I found it fascinating. I think it must have been a bit chilly in Rio uh, 
um, today. I don't know if you saw that because uh, one of the Australian teams were wearing like a t-shirt underneath their bikini. Um, must have been a bit chilly. And the Dutch, they were like wearing, you know, track pants and a jumper, basically, with their bikini on the outside. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, there's been a lot of talk, I guess, about the attire of what they wear in beach volleyball. Um but I mean, did you did you pay attention to the the ones that were wearing like t-shirts and jumpers and tracky dacks? Um, it did feel a bit. I mean, it looked weird just because of what beach volleyball normally is. Um, but I mean, I'd like to see athletes change up in all sports what they wear. I'd like to see a hundred meter run and do that in a tracksuit um, <laughs> and see how they fare. Yes, exactly. Do swimmers do it in a snuggie? Um, like, you know, come on, Michael Phelps, you've won 21 gold. How many can you do wearing a Snuggie? Um, I don't know how he would go there. Thorpey would win it in a Snuggie, wouldn't he, Jared? Well, that's pretty much what he wore anyway. I mean, what's the difference between that morph suit and a Snuggie? I mean, just a couple of pieces of fabric. It's actually fascinating with swimming, isn't it? Like, obviously, we had the whole super suit era, which they banned them, and now they just basically wear the shorty shorts or the Speedos again. But, like, I mean, you know, we all remember back in Sydney, Thorpey suit, and, you know, they're all used to wear them, and we just got used to them. Like, remember, obviously, like, Kathy won the gold in her version of the, the super suit in athletics. Like, I miss the days where they're wearing like full length suits in swimming because really when you think about sports that you can like increase things with technology like swimming is one of the very few that there's really not a whole lot you can do um so like why they can't wear these suits i don't see it as a problem i mean you know it's it's technology in some form or another like i say bring them back yeah i mean I don't see the problem either. I think every other sport kind of advances and moves on. I mean, we, we don't see the tennis players still using wooden rackets. Um, obviously, bikes have probably changed a whole lot uh, over the years. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I mean, there's going to be a new super suit at some point in time. Maybe it's going to be the Snuggie, and, and the Snuggie will have to be banned from all swimming competitions, which would be a real shame. Um, but it just seemed like a big overreaction to me at the time. Well, and the, the stupid thing is, is that they allowed all the world records to stay. It's like, oh, these are illegal. No, they're making people swim too fast. We can't have these. But all the world records you broke wearing them, we'll keep them. Like, that's like the, the most stupid thing. Oh, Lance Armstrong, nah, you're on drugs, mate. You can't have your gold. Like, take all your Tour de France's away. They're shit. But you broke a lot of records. We'll keep them in there still. Yeah, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um I mean, that's just encouraging people to take drugs and cheat. Yeah. <laughs> it's making these unrealistic expectations of how fast they can swim. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Stupid. Um, probably didn't want to offend somebody who set a world record in a super suit. Um, more, more problems than it was worth getting rid of them. Probably Chinese swimmers, and they were scared they are going to get splashed. Um, so I, I say bring, just, just go back to ancient Olympic times. Nude. Everybody has to swim naked. There you go. That's your true ability. Let's see how Michael Phelps does when his dong is hanging out in the pool. Exactly. Leveling the, the competition field. Exactly. Remember that? Did you ever used to watch Round the Twist growing up? I did catch bits and pieces of it. Here's a real throwback and the most random thing I'm ever going to bring up on Off the uh, Podium. But there was that episode where Bronson swam because he had a whirling willy. Um, so, like... There you go, folks. People are listening to this outside of Australia. They're going, what the fuck is round the twist and a whirling willy? I'm glad Colin's not on this episode today. But (laughs) And he was in like a swimming race and he swam really fast because his doodle spun around really fast. So, like, there you go. I could win a gold medal in the Olympics if I could train that. Like... (laughs) 
Look out, Tokyo. Ben Waterworth's going to win a gold because he can spin his penis. Uh, anyway, uh, what did I watch? <laughs> Round the twist, apparently. Um, I, I watched, yeah, beach volleyball, swimming, basketball. I, I was paying attention to the shooting because we, I mentioned we had the double trap. Now, I don't know if you saw any of this, but... Obviously, these guys have double-barreled shotguns, essentially, trying to shoot these things flying in the air that turn pink as you shoot them. Great. Fantastic. Shooting, another sport which really isn't exactly the most exciting sport to watch ever. But anyway. Um, and when they're doing the like the overhead shots of these people, you see the fence, like in the foreground, like in the, in the background, sorry. But, like, this fence is probably only about a metre and a half high. These birds are flying up probably, like, four or five metres. And behind that fence is a highway. Like... I'm sure, like, if there's, a, like, a Brazilian car pulling his kids to school and, like, you know, our friend from the Independent Olympic Athletes misses a bird, goes a little bit too far and just accidentally, like, shoots a couple of Brazilians taking their people to school, like, there's got to be an issue there, surely. Like, there's got to be a safety issue there, Jared. Yeah, well, I mean, judging by the standard of the opening ceremony, they obviously <laughs> ran out of money. Um, and, I mean, cutbacks are going to happen. We've, we've seen the green pool. Um, now now we find out that the shooting fence is below standards. That's not high enough. I mean, who knows what's next? There may not be an athletics track. I haven't seen it. There's no evidence it exists. Um, we'll see when we get to that to that event. But I have a feeling that the athletics will not be run in a stadium. I, I'm pretty certain the javelin will be held with a grandstand behind where they throw the poles. So, like, if they, oh, he's a world record. Oh, it's gone into the crowd. Oh, and it's taken out five people sitting down. Uh, the only five people at the event. Um, so, like, that's why there's no crowd there, Jared. They're all getting killed by rogue bullets and rogue beach balls in the green pool. Like, I can't imagine what colour the water is in the toilets. Like, if the pool's green. Um, so, like. I just, I seriously, I can't get over this. This is the Olympic Games, the pinnacle of sport, the greatest event in the world every four years. You know, countries bid and spend so much money in order to host these. And you've got the freaking diving pool is turning green with algae and the Brazilians are just like, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) We need to analyse this more. This is terrible. This is absolutely ridiculous. People laughed at me when I said Hobart could hold the Olympics. Brazil has a green pool. <laughs> they can't. This is a cleaning problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the funniest comment I read was was from the um, synchronized divers who's, who who commented about yes, when we land in the water, we can't even see where our partner is. <laughs> Those underwater cameras where they look so, like, agile floating to the top. They're like, ah, my eyes, my eyes, oh, what's going on? They get out of the pool gasping for air. <gasps> like, limbs are falling Yeah, when off. we start to see them wearing, when the, when the divers start wearing goggles and nose plugs, then we know that it's becoming a real issue. They're wearing their snuggies, wearing hazmat suits. <laughs> Diving into the pool. In The Simpsons, wasn't it the fish that comes out with the three eyes? They're interviewing yep. the, the, the British bear who won. One's got an extra limb coming out of his head and the other one's, like, <laughs> crawling on I the I mean, ground. if we're being honest, that should have been the, the mascot for the Olympic Games, <laughs> three-eyed fish. Yes, it will be. Or, an, or just an algae spore by itself. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the attitude of the Brazilian organisers. It's fine. Don't worry about it. 
Oh God, this is this is amazing. And here we were thinking that everything was going okay in Rio. Um, what else? I didn't really watch much else. Um, I should hang on the cycling, the time trial. Uh, they were, they were showing this bit where it was going along like a beach. It was quite pretty. It was quite nice. But the road was like the, the area was gravel, and you could tell that they'd just gotten a large bit of like bitumen and like cement, and just made like a road out of it. Like it looked very dodgy. And then the commentators were like, "Yes, and that's the uh, concrete part that they installed just for these Olympic games." <laughs> like, why do they have to like hold it there? Because what it's at the beach, it looks pretty. Again, Brazil, like, oh, it's fine. They can ride on the gravel. Don't worry about. It. Yeah, I mean, we had them going over the cobblestones in the road race, and now they're going over this this gravel. Um, who knows what's next? What what they're going to ride over next? I don't know what's. The velodrome. What is the surface in the velodrome? We did have a crash there from the Australians in practice, and, and that could be the reason. Oh, there's like a leaking pipe with like raw sewage onto the track. That's why. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It won't hurt you at all. I don't know why Brazilians are Thomas Bach all of a sudden. Um, I blame Thomas Bach. I don't blame Brazil. Uh, anyway, uh, again, no crowds. There's nobody going to these games still, Jared. Like, I mean, have you, again, have you got your tickets to everything at the moment? We could probably afford it. Yeah, well, I mean, they have to start doing some kind of package deal here. Um, obviously, the sailing is free. That's why it's got the big crowds. Um just make everything free or bundle some events together that typically go together. I mean, put the rugby sevens with the synchronized swimming. Those that's a big overlap of the fan base right there. Well, you got so many empty seats, you could put a pool in the crowd and make it green. Like it's you know, like why not? Like have them playing the rugby in the middle of the athletics while they're doing the laps around the uh, like you know the track. Like that's fine. Mm. Have them synchronized swimming in the middle of the fifteen hundred meter freestyle. I mean, they're there in the pool for long enough. They can dodge and dive between them. Why not? Yeah, I mean, that would have been the ideal um, solution. All the events in the one stadium, no matter what it is, um, the road race, still in that stadium, uh, the sailing, in that stadium, in the pool. <laughs> yes. um, I mean, that would have saved the money. They would have been able to sell a combined ticket. The stadium would be packed. Um, tele- tele- the television stations would love it. They'd only need one channel because everything would be on at the same time, so you could just watch things, um, to put things in the background, things in the foreground. Um, that could be a real solution. Flin Flan 2028, I think they probably will look into that. Look at us saving the IOC money. We're going to get a phone call from Thomas Bark by the end of this uh, two weeks. Like, you boys, you're so good at saving money. You're president of IOC. Like, we'll make sure the pool's not green in Tokyo, Thomas. It's all good. Uh, (laughs) uh, Athlete of the day, do you have anybody that you've got of note at all, Jared? Um, I have a potential from one of the days that I wasn't here. Oh, yes. Um, it's not Birdo, is it? So we're going a little bit back in time, and I'm hoping that they haven't been mentioned. Have you talked about um, Chinese boxer LV Bin? Oh, look, he was on my list, but uh, no, I didn't get to him yet. So uh, please talk about him. Well, um, in perhaps my favourite moment of the game so far, um, apart from New Zealand finishing fourth in the equestrian, <laughs> Um, we, we had a beautiful boxing match. Um, I don't know what the weight class was. I haven't written it down. Um, but it was between Chinese boxer LV Bin and Kenyan boxer Peter. Um, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Just like Madonna, one name. <laughs> yeah, Peter, that's it. <laughs> wow. He's obviously huge in Kenya if he just can get away with one name. Oh, Peter. Oh, the boxer, yes. <laughs> and the boxing... It comes down to the final round. Um, the judge is there holding both the arms or waiting for the decision on who's won. Um, 
he raises the Kenyan's arms, and then the Chinese LV Bin, he just has the biggest celebration of his life, not really re- realizing that he's just lost. Um, and then he comes to realize that, oh, wait, that's not my arm that's raised. I've, I've just lost. And he's so embarrassed, and just the whole spectacle, it's one of the best things I've seen. Make sure you check it out. I have to look it up. Was his arm numb because he'd been swimming in the diving pool that morning and lost all sensation, so it felt like his arm was being lifted? <laughs> It could be. Or was he just doing a Derek Zoolander and no matter what happens, he was going to hear his name? <laughs> well, it's just a typical boxing thing, isn't it? That just, they're so overconfident, they're really cocky, they have to act like they've won, but um, LVB and he took the acting a little bit too far. Wow, I'm Googling that straight away. Um, well, I think that outdoes anything I've got. Uh, I was going to mention Kyle Chalmers and just be cliche, I mean... You know, again, we didn't know who he was 24 hours ago. He should get some recognition. Uh, special note to the Qatari beach volleyball team. I didn't even know there was such a thing as the Qatari beach volleyball team of Jefferson Piera and Sharif Yunossi. Uh, they're actually doing fairly well. They're in a position where they might make it through to the next round. And I was actually doing a bit of research on these two, and they qualified for the Olympics by winning a qualifying tournament held in Cairns in Australia. So, um, there you go. We've got a slight connection to the Qataris. They're sitting in second place right now in Pool F, just behind the Spanish team of Guevara and Herrera, and ahead of those Austrians, we know all about them, the Huber and Sedell, and the Americans, Gibbon Patterson. I don't know how the Americans are going to go home, like, knowing that they got beaten by Qataris in beach volleyball. So, um, this is... It's fascinating. But just a real special... I'm going to give it to... Um, you're talking about the boxing. Um, and we're talking about horrific injuries the other day with that French gymnast. I don't know if you saw any of the, the new one that's going around of uh, the Armenian weightlifter, Andranik Karapatayan, uh, one, of the, one of the greatest Armenian weightlifters that we've ever seen. Uh, in the men's 77 kilogram, uh, he was doing his lift... And his arm buckled underneath him, and he has uh, basically dislocated his elbow. And I'm looking at some pretty disturbing images of him holding his arms in the video. I don't know if I want to see the video. But, um, yes, his arm is just looking like it shouldn't. Let's point it that way. So, we're talking about those injuries, Jared. He's one that's happened. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) He's just seen it. (laughs) Live reaction. Yeah, this is similar to the leg. The... the the elbow should not go that way. No. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, yeah, poor guy. I think this is one of the things um, he would have loved, the replacement limb, like the replacement bike. Yes, exactly. Replacement arm. Like, <laughs> need a new arm. Mm. Um, right, I don't really have a wife today, Jared. Um, I'm, bad news yesterday. Don't know if you caught it. Uh, sadly for myself, uh, Britt Elmsley, El- uh, she's got a boyfriend. So... Don't know how I'm going to go there. And uh, both Colin and I stalked her a little bit on Instagram, found a picture of her boyfriend, and, like, both I think Colin and I were going to go after her boyfriend instead because he's quite, you know, he's, he's all right. He's pretty good. Uh, but yesterday's wife turned in to uh, Brianna Thrussell, our eighth-place finisher, finisher in the 200-metre butterfly. She, too, sadly, has a boyfriend um, who is a uh, pretty decent footballer playing in Western Australia um, a Sandover medalist, I believe, in the waffle. Um, anybody who doesn't live in Australia has no idea what I just said then. Um, so, yeah, I think I might have to stick to my Croatian um, nearly legal gymnast, Anna Derek. 
that sounds so wrong the way I put it. But yesterday, well, actually, we, we, we found this one yesterday, uh, Jared. We, we, we love, we, we know how much you love rhythmic gymnastics and the whole ribbons and the balls and like it's, you think it's a sport. Of course you do. Uh, yesterday's yep. fan message for us went to our only athlete in the rhythmic gymnastics, Daniela Prince. Now, we looked her up. She's, you know, pretty cute. Oh, she's wife material. Last night, they happened to have on Channel 7 one of these athlete profile segments with Daniela Prince. I got excited. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm putting her up there. She's, yep, I'm going to definitely watch her throw that ribbon and attempt to catch it because that is making excited and to make it even better jared you you laugh and think well this isn't a sport australia's not good at rhythmic gymnastics she is a commonwealth games gold medalist at the 2010 delhi commonwealth games so i think you're getting a little bit jealous right now i mean she's in form it's um it's really the pinnacle of the sporting world rhythmic gymnastics um yeah, so I may have to give it a watch this year. Absolutely. They were showing some of her training routines, the way she was rolling the balls and laying on her shoulders and her arms, like, oh, doing things to me. Uh, Channel 7, shit, shit, shit. That's our segment that we like to call this. Uh, and I'm adding a new section to this one today, Jared. It's called news.com.au, even shitter, shitter, shitter. <laughs> we'll get to them um, But let's first of all Channel 7 Before I get to a couple of the commentary ones We talked a little bit about the other day Zumbo's Just Desserts I talked a little bit about yesterday About the big music quiz um, Like only in Australia Do they create a show about celebrities Trying to guess who sings a song um, I mean we're all for that But have you noticed The constant referrals by the commentators On each of the channels As on the channels of seven. Now, am I the only one that that annoys the shit out of? No, yeah, that. Oh, that's so pretentious, <laughs> and and yeah, I'm with you on that. That's I haven't heard it, but now that you've mentioned it, I can just guarantee that every time I do hear it, it's going to make my blood boil. It's like they're this big entity. They're taking over the world. The channels of seven. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm all aboard. I'm with you aboard that train of, of hating that. Yep, yep. Uh, now the other few ones that I've noted here, um, we, we know how they have, uh, if you're watching a certain channel, they'll bring up like the little ribbon down the bottom, like Aussie alert, you know, Berto's about to lose us a goal. Switch to seven, mate. Um, I noticed the one this morning, after we'd won the gold, after Kyle had won us our gold medal, they pop up the ribbon down the bottom, anthem alert. Kyle Chalmers about to receive gold. <laughs> anthem alert! It's like breaking news. The Australian national anthem is about to be played somewhere in the world. Get excited. Like, what the hell is an anthem alert? <laughs> I mean, is that making people turn to the channel or turn away from the channel? Maybe this is just like a warning for people who can't stand the anthem. The anthem is coming. Yep. Change channels now. Yep. Um, I mean, we're just going to start seeing them from everything, aren't we? Um... Australian walks, Australia arrives at the airport, alert. Australia walks out of the Olympic Village, alert. Algae in the pool, alert. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I mean, we were talking a little bit about this yesterday, actually, because at the um, the swimming, we, we mentioned earlier uh, during the week about, uh, Colin mentioned the Canadian coverage, how they had a former Olympian watching a Canadian Olympian winning a medal. That was, like, important enough to show. We had the footage yesterday of them cutting to the Olympic Village showing um, uh, uh, Australian swimmers on their phones on Twitter. It was after Sun Yang won his gold medal yesterday. Uh, they cut to Mac Horton, who's sitting on this couch in the Athletes' Village on his phone, to which Basil Zemplis is like, oh... 
clearly tweeting about Sun Young there. <laughs> and they did this again. They cut to the athletes' village to show Australia's swimmers' athletes' reaction to Kyle Chalmers winning the 100 metres. Now, my question I ask here is not necessarily Channel 7 showing this. Why the hell are these swimmers not in the stands at the actual swimming, cheering them on. I remember Sydney 2000. They cut to the Aussie team in the crowd. You know, Thorpey winning gold. You know, Grant Hackett winning gold. They're in the crowd. They're cheering them. Why are they being lazy bastards and sitting in there? Like, are they... No wonder there's empty seats. Even the athletes aren't going to watch the athletes. Yeah, I think um, hashtag one team was taken a little bit too literally... (laughs) Um, and they didn't understand that that actually meant getting out and supporting each other rather than just hashtagging that on Twitter. <laughs> um, I mean, they're trying to get that trending. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them for doing that. But, yeah, really, um, they, they should be out supporting each other. I mean, that's the point of the Olympics. Um, I think it was John Millman said that he was going to stick around and watch the other tennis players finish their matches after he got eliminated. I mean, that's what you want to see from a team, sticking together, um, going beyond hashtag one team and actually being one team. You know what it is? The reason they're sitting around the couches on, uh, you know, their phones is because they're all on freaking Tinder. Like, how many condoms did they say were going to be in the athletes? Village? This is what they're doing. They're, they're all trying to hook up. Um, you know, this is millennials, Jared. This is what they do. You know, like, we can't exactly talk. We're basically millennials ourselves. But, like, you know, this is the future of the Olympics. This is why nobody's in the crowds, because it's the athletes who are too busy trying to hook up on Tinder. So... Yeah. It's either that or... or I question, maybe they're training for when um, eSports inevitably makes its debut at the Olympic Games. <laughs> actually, I mean, because won't that be a great day? Actually, you know what it is. I have not mentioned this in any of our episodes, and I've had it written down on my notes every single day, but I just haven't got around to it. Don't know if you've downloaded the official mobile video game for the Rio 2016 Olympics. They're all on that playing. It's actually kind of addicting. You can do archery, you can do tennis on it, you can do basketball kind of fun like and with the absence of an actual proper video game unless you buy the sonic and mario one i like it so like i'm guessing that's what they're doing jared they're actually you know there's mac horton going i'm going to win a gold medal in archery today you know stick it up those bronze medalists from the real archery yeah i can just see them doing that and then going to rub it in their faces yeah um i mean obviously those sports are very similar um playing it on your phone and doing it in real life um i imagine that the difference is um is minimal at best yeah exactly now uh just before i get to the news.com.au ones. Uh, just a couple of the commentary ones that I've written here. Uh, I mentioned the whole Basil, you know, not knowing who um, Chalmers is in the race. Now, um, a couple ones here. The the I don't can't remember the name of the guy who's always on pool deck interviewing people. Um, the guy who got fobbed off by Michael Phelps. Who we were talking about yesterday, um, but he's in. I don't know. I can't remember who was interviewing, but it's so Australian. Turns around to the, whoever is interviewing. Bloody good race and a bloody good effort. <laughs> If there's people from Australia not watching this, they're going, wow, they really do sound like that in Australia. Um, then Taylor McC- uh, McCowan, who uh, we've mentioned before, fastest of the 200-metre breaststroke, in her interview, she says, like, you know, she's the fastest qualifier, but still says, look, I've got more in the tank. By saying that, she says, I didn't want to come to the Olympics and spend all my chips in the semis. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of the phrase, spend all my chips. Yeah, that's a confusing one. Um, 
she needs to take that's that's take some media lessons surely she'll be having a talking to um she might get some good tips from hashtag one team um obviously she wasn't on twitter enough to get a good saying uh, for her interview so she needs to work on that i i think that uh, there's a large portion of the australian olympic team needs some media training <laughs> you know between calling out uh, drug cheats and starting wars with china to wishing you know saying people are dead to them like this you know like yeah it's a bit tedious the whole oh yeah you know boys put in good effort all four quarters you know there's no iron team like it's bullshit but it does the job you're not starting splashing wars with like a world superpower so (laughs) um yes get the media training now news.com.au they've always been a fun website to which people quote are a news website um now They've obviously sent a few reporters over to Rio, or they're doing a few things here and there, and they've got their lovely little articles. Now, the one that I've I've singled out here that I noticed yesterday, they've highlighted a uh, a swimmer by the name of Robel Kiros Habati. Now, he's from Ethiopia. Now, this is you know, it's not just the fact like why the hell's an Ethiopian swimming. Their headline is, "How did Robert Robel Kier Habati qualify to swim?" in the Olympics. Like, that's the literally headline to which they say, if some swimmers consider second place to be the first of the losers, spare a thought for Ethiopian swimmer, blah, blah, blah. By the time the chubby 24-year-old... I'm just going to end it there. Like, they're basically saying, this guy's fat, he shouldn't be in the Olympics. Now, personally, I'm offended. Secondly, if he's in the Olympics, if he's Ethiopia's best swimmer, he's qualified for the Olympics, good on him. Who cares if he's skinny or fat? Um, this is this is fascinating that our, our number one online website is saying he's fat, he shouldn't be in the Olympics. Yeah, I think this is a um, case of the gold medals going to the head. Um, we had that day of of not not winning really anything, um, and and now we get a couple of gold medals, and we feel we can just bag everybody else out. Um, which, I mean, we do, but we probably shouldn't. <laughs> probably being an understatement. Uh, now, the other one that I, I forgot to bring up the other day, um, when America won the gold, I think it was in the 4 by one in the men's, uh, there was a famous moment, already famous, uh, Ryan Held, one of the swimmers, was caught bawling his eyes out, absolutely crying. So, of course, everyone was all like, oh, sweet, how emotional, blah, blah, blah. So, this uh, journalist on news.com today, I'm going to name him, James Matthey, He leads with the following sentence. This is the opening line of his story. Ryan Held must know how Justin Bieber feels. Now, I'll continue here. (laughs) Not in regards to the whole con your way into earning millions of dollars for producing shit music thing, though. We're thinking more along the lines of somehow convincing a large chunk of the female population to fall in love with you variety. This is a guy who has probably gotten a degree in journalism. He's probably as qualified as I am. And he's writing on a website comparing an Olympian to Justin Bieber before saying Justin Bieber produces shit music. Now, I learned in journalism that you have to be fairly unbiased and you're not really meant to be opinionated when it comes to stories a lot of the time. That is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, tell us how you really feel, James. Um... (laughs) I didn't even even know what to say to that. How can a website... (laughs) that is pertaining to being news somehow compare an Olympic swimmer to Justin Bieber before throwing away a comment saying that Bieber produces shit music. <laughs> oh, so that's why we're now going to call this Channel 7 Shit 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 and news.com.au even shitter shitter shitter. So <laughs> what will be on tomorrow? Find out. Now, uh, this is usually the point of the show where Colin gives us a Canadian athlete of the day and reads out their profile. Now, 
obviously he's not here, but I've managed to somehow find one. They've got this on their website as well as their app. Now, I was trying to find uh, the profile of our richest Canadian Olympian in uh, Penny Oltsiak, um, but I couldn't find her, so I've managed to find a random one, a field hockey player from Canada, they actually know what that is, uh, and Tony Kindler, one of your favourite Canadian field hockers, I don't doubt, Jared. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, it starts off with, my name is Antony Kindler, and I am Canadian. Draw a picture of yourself, as we know. Now, this picture is like a stick figure with meat on their bones and very strong muscles and spiky hair. Um... And he writes a little text next to it. Wish I could say a five-year-old drew this. <laughs> Actually, if a five-year-old drew that, I'd be very impressed. It's quite a good drawing. Uh, he's got very neat writing, uh, by the way, should I say this for our uh, Tony. My favourite Olympic moment is Canada winning gold in hockey, that's ice hockey, at the 2010 Vancouver Olympics <laughs> and being in the city to take part in the celebration. That's nice. Uh, if you could choose an Olympic city to, ho- Olympic to host a city, where would it be? Vancouver for the summer games. In my spare time, I most like to spend time with my family and friends. That's pretty boring. Um... The weirdest instruction a coach ever gave me was... Now, he's actually written something, crossed it out, and then written something underneath it. Listen here, boys. We can't just have you out here making big truck turns. We need Ferrari turns. Now, I played field hockey for a very long time, and I don't think I ever heard a coach try and explain something to me like that. So... (laughs) Whatever a Ferrari turn is. Anyway, drew a picture of a Canadian animal. He's actually drawn a beaver. We talked about this the other day, Jared. Noah draws a beaver. He's drawn a beaver. So that's a good start. Um, Favourite sandwich, meatball from meat and bread on Canby Street in Vancouver. Bit of subtle advertising there. Good good venue there in mm. Vancouver. Like, I've been to Vancouver, but can't quite say I went to meat and bread on Canby Street. <laughs> Official uh, food supplier for the Flin Flon 2028 games. Um... If you could have any superpower, it would be teleportation. Again, everybody says that. Best candy in the world, those black and white penguin gummies that taste like peaches from Seven <laughs> Eleven. Oh, yes. Those ones. Mm, very popular in Australia. Huge. Huge. Love them. Uh, favourite sports team as a kid. Well, he's clearly from Vancouver because his favourite team is the Vancouver Canucks. His Olympic medal is literally a medal with the Rio 2016 logo on it that says gold. Um, nothing original there. Favourite sports movie. He's crossed out Happy Gilmore and written Nacho Libre. Like, come on, Happy Gilmore. Um, if he could live anywhere, he would live in Kitsilano in Vancouver, BC. I'd love it if one of these said Flynn That would be the best thing ever. Um, if he wasn't, when he was literally thought to be a firefighter, my favourite joke to tell is, what does a nosy pepper do? Get jalapeno business. Um... Yep. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it must be a Canadian thing. Um, Colin probably would be laughing his ass off right now. Uh, my favourite workout is... If you're listening to this, Colin, please explain to us what the hell that means. My favourite workout is beach weights. If I could have lunch with any person, it would be Warren Buffett. And write in cursive, live your passion. Uh, and he's written, live your passion. So... Thank you so Four much. Four marks there. Absolutely. Uh, so on this, have you downloaded the Australian Olympic app yet, Jared? You got it yet? I have. Oh, have I you, have. Oh, have you got some fair messages perhaps for once? Um, or who, maybe. <laughs> you have put me on the spot. All right. Well, while you get it up, I've got a few here. 
Um, you missed uh, you missed our J Mac. Were you here for J Mac the other day? I don't think you were. Were you? I was here for. Oh, J-Mac. you were here for J Mac. That was that was before um, Berto screwed my life over. That's true. That's right. Uh, yesterday's fan message, we uh, as I said, uh, sent it off to Daniel Prince, and the exact um, line was: "No matter what Jared says, we think you compete in a real sport." <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse from New South Wales to Emma McKeon. Hi, Emma. I'll watch you on the TV winning the race. Good luck from Jesse. So if she doesn't win, will you stop watching? <laughs> like, uh, oh, he's a Tasmanian. Jasper Kubank from Tasmania to Chris Goulding. Good luck at the Olympics and your NBL career. Keep up the good work. We know you will try your hardest to win us a gold medal. We will be here cheering you on. That's good to know. <laughs> uh, to Larissa Miller, to Miller from Jessica Lewis. Great gymnastics. You inspire me. Uh, so that's good um yeah uh to mary hannah she's a 61 year old isn't she from mieta in victoria hi granny love you <laughs> i really hope that's her granddaughter otherwise she's just being mean <laughs> <laughs> oh please tell us that is her uh granddaughter <laughs> Um, and finally, the McCartney family. I don't know if you've got any more here to add, Jared, but, uh, to Elia Green. Elia, you just make it look like fun. The best bit was being, seeing you interviewed by your mum. We like that a lot and send you lots of hugs to you both. We are proud of you and your mum and all the team. One of our rugby sevens players. Uh, did you find any there at all, Jared, or? <laughs> oh, not much to add. I do love, um... To Maria for Ataco del Sola. I love you, Maria for Taco. You're a great woman. <laughs> yeah. From Javier. Damn straight. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to see um, some of these. They're pretty, pretty boring, aren't they? Natasha, Natasha Grogan from Queensland to, to, to Leekwa Clancy. One of our, she's one of our beach volleyball players, isn't she? Too deadly, sister. That's nice. <laughs> This one is to hockey. We we discovered this yesterday that you could send one to the entire sport. Somehow we didn't know how to do it, but whatever. From Isabel Soto, we did we not just have that person uh, to hockey. Watching you girls right now up against India. You girls are awesome. Keep up the awesomeness. <laughs> so anyway, all uh, right. What sport? Who who are we going to send it to today, Jared? What give us? Give me a sport. I mean. It's got to be the divers, isn't it? Diving into that green pool. Oh, bloody oath. Like, I don't know if they'll be able to read. I mean, well, they might have extra eyes. So, uh, all right, find an athlete. Diving. Uh, okay, so who do we want? We've got Dominic Bedgood. Oh, we've got to give it to him straight away. Like, I'm not even reading the rest. Like, he's good in bed. Good on you, Dominic. Like, <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing better than that. Um, wow, his nickname is Dom. I didn't realize he's had their nicknames and things like that on it. That's awesome. Uh, he was first in the 2006 Australian Open Championships, sixth in the World Series in Kazan in Russia, and most importantly, 11th in the 2006 World Series in Windsor, Canada um, this year. So, uh, oh, of course, went to Belmont State Primary School in, uh, in, in Queensland. What a, what, a, what a school that is. Uh, all right, what are we going to say to Mr. Bedgood? <laughs> Your bedding good might not be anymore with the green pool. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be a shame if he didn't live up to his name. Uh, <laughs> mm. 
uh, you dive well, uh, don't get an extra limb. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe you should pee in the pool to make it green and gold. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, there's a thought. Oh, it's got to be that, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make sure you pee in the pool and make it... The AOC are just going to end up banning our email address. Uh, make sure you pin the pool and make it green and gold. There we go. There's a gold medal coming to Dominic Bedgood. And if you've also bedded Dominic, let us know if his name lives up to his reputation. Or his reputation lives up to his name. That probably works more sense. Uh, anyway... Uh, that's good. All right, preview, day six. We're on to the sixth day tomorrow. That's usually what happens. 19 gold medals are up today, Jared, if you don't mind. Um, a lot going on. Uh, golf starts today. Oh, aren't we excited? How long's it been since golf's been in the Olympics? Talk about TV sports. Oh, I'm excited for this. Mm, potentially not long enough. <laughs> potentially not long enough. Now, I think maybe tomorrow we might talk about this. We haven't really gone on too much about sports that should be an Olympic sport. Now, golf, obviously, alongside with rugby, uh, returning to the Olympics for the very first time. Just really quickly, do you think golf should be an Olympic sport? Really quickly? No. <laughs> That's as quick as we needed. All right. Uh, track cycling begins uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, so the medals that are being decided, uh, so we're going to have some medals in table tennis. We're on to that one. Swimming, obviously, again. Shooting again. Rugby sevens, last day of competition for that. The men's medals. Come on, Fiji. Knock off the Japanese. Rowing, uh, well, they need to catch up on that one. Uh, more judo. Sad news there, Jared. Uh, only two more days of judo to go. So... Whatever shall we do? Uh, Last day for... Oh, actually, in terms of the all-around women, last day of artistic gymnastics. We'll have a couple of days break before trampolining, before we're back to the individuals of the the real gymnastics there. Um, Fencing, another goal being decided there. Track cycling kicks off today, as I mentioned. Uh, Tomorrow, I should say, canoeing. Now, this is a big one for Australia. Two goals got up to grabs, including our very own Jess Fox. Of course, qualified second for the fi- uh, the semi-final. Got to make the final yet. She's one of our big chances here, Jared. You gonna are we gonna put the Mickey or the curse on her and say she's gonna win it, or are we just gonna hope that she gets a medal? Um, I think we just jinx her and say she's gonna win it. I mean, she's already won a silver. We've got silvers now. We don't need any more of those. We've got five bronze. I don't think we need any more of those. So we need gold. And if you don't get gold, don't come home. <laughs> there you go. Pure and simple. If only you had said that to Berto two days ago. <laughs> Jared's mm. not holding back now with our athletes. Um, we, we know that she's a big listener to Off the Podium. You know, she gets a beats by Dre before going down on the canoe, and she's actually listening to us instead of, you know, listening to the Bieber who produces shit music. Uh, so, yes, come on. Come on, Jess. We'll, we'll get excited. And archery uh, medals there. So, uh, just quickly, we're only... Actually, this is fairly decent. We're only about a day away now from athletics. Uh, starting, so get excited for that, and uh, we're ever closer to the modern pentathlon. So, uh, bring it on, I say. Exciting times, uh, Jared. Just before we go, um, we should mention, in terms of obviously, we always mention our Facebook page, email, iTunes, all the regular channels where you can get involved. Send us messages, tweet us. Uh, we don't have a Twitter actually, but um, use hashtag off the podium, and we'll find it somewhere. Now, we mentioned yesterday's show. Uh, we had a couple of comments uh, from two New Zealanders. Um, 
big shout out to uh, to Carly as well as to Riley for commenting there. Now Carly's left us another comment uh, where she's written "shakes head, wink face." Uh, so clearly she's loving it. Uh, and we had a couple of wall posts as well. Uh, Catherine, one of our long term listeners for anything on the uh, Oz Network, uh, she's written "stupid channel seven. So I get home from work, switching on the TV to watch some highlights, and what is seven two playing? Swimming from Beijing. Uh, (laughs) well you should have been watching seven mate Catherine. Uh, that's where it's at (laughs) so uh and carly actually i mentioned her she uh this one's doing the rounds a little bit it's quite funny posted a photo on our wall uh it's from the glasgow commonwealth games they've got a uh i'm guessing he's a swimmer or a diver uh his his name is richard funk but because he's from Canada with the three-letter symbol of C-A-N, the screen literally says, Can Richard Funk? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's quite funny. So uh, thank you very much, Carly, for sending that in to us. And uh, just quickly on iTunes, uh, we made it to number three on the Amateur Sports Podcast in Australia. That's pretty good. We'll take it. Um, and we got an extra comment uh, since our last time on here. Carly in Oz... Thanks, Carly, says, these guys should be doing the official commentary. Well, if you work for Channel 7 or any of these networks, I'm sure, like, the Sierra Leone um, TV network might be short in a few commentators. Um, I'll happily fly over with Jared and Colin to commentate the fake gymnastics. Um, So... Thank you, Carly. Uh, please, uh, iTunes, subscribe to us on there. And yes, leave us a rating. Even if you think we're shit. Like, even if you honestly think we're shit. Tell us we're shit. So we can bag you out on air, at least. And say that we're not shit, you're shit. Uh, but, Jared, thank you for your time again. It's good to have you back. And, uh, yeah, dressage is there still. But, you know, Berto, not welcome back home in Australia, clearly, by your standards. Yeah, I mean, the dressage, that's been... Um I'm, I'm boycotting that. I'm not getting my hopes up. Um, I think you said we're in ninth, um, and that's where I'm just going to assume we stay. Um, apart from that, everything else is looking good. Looking forward to the basketball um, tonight. It'll be good to get to see it. Um, and the, for the cycling, the velodrome to get underway, I mean, that'll be really good. Hopefully it will stay in one piece. Uh, how it all goes. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with more off the podium. Uh, it's been a bloody good episode today, and remember, don't spend all your chips uh, on listening to us. Uh, good night from off the podium. Hold up. 